<sighs> anyway. With that being said. And we're back for the second half of the last four podcast. Your one-stop shop for the German Bundesliga money Jamal. We're just sports specialists. The results of the investigation are now in, and I can confirm that the quiz that we conducted on the April 17th episode that we thought Jamal had won was actually rigged. Our producer had stitched me up, and it turns out I have actually won the April 17th quiz. Obviously, that will change the, the course of the entire podcast trajectory. And I, for one, think we should go back and re-record every episode since then, Taylor Swift style. I was going to say, we've had to delete every single podcast that we've recorded since February, and we are now on an absolute mission, starting in uh, the middle of April, from round four. We've watched every single game from then, all the replays, and we are now going in-depth on every single AFL game since round four. So on that note, two questions. Is the Teague train unstoppable? <laughs> and are, are Melbourne a realistic chance to make the finals this year? And I've got, a, I've got a third question for you. Is this the year Taylor Walker finally wins the round? <laughs> Can he avoid any off-field yeah. Look, look, I'm not sure it's the year he wins the round. I know he started well, but all I can say is a certainty is... It will be his quietest off-field year ever. You'd like to. There'll be no controversies from the big Texan. I think he's grown up. He's really matured as a leader in in the Adelaide uh, community. You can't imagine at this day and age anything going wrong in his off-field endeavours. I sort of see a parallel sort of between him and one of the wags. Uh, Nadia Bartel, I think. Is sort of the shining example from a moral standpoint for, for all the, the wives and girlfriends. Um, so, yeah, I, I think ethically it's probably between those two. I think Gary Rowan is out for a redemption arc this year. He really could be the premiership hero. Could tear September to shreds. But, um, yeah, no, no, either way, I, I think Essendon obvi- obviously on a crash course with just failure, um, hmm. really dead to the world. But all in all, nothing really matters because it'd be so nice to see the grand final back in a traditional daytime slot this year at the MCG. So really, full from, from a traditional football purist's point of view, that's what matters. And on that note, <laughs> actually, did you see the uh, NRL, I don't know if it was the halftime entertainment, the Timmy Trumpet set? The Timmy Trumpet. I literally saw a photo of Timmy Trumpet and was like, all right, day grand final next year. Oh, I, literally, I was just like, there's no coming back after that. What's his one song? It's something really reductive to his name. It's like horns or something. Yeah, that's it. What's it called? It's like something really close to trumpet. Show me where the freaks at. I don't know what the song's called, but it is played about five times a night at the nightclub. Um. And it is yeah, a freak. Freak. It's Freaks. It's called Freaks. Did you say... Yeah, no, actually, it is a really catchy song. I will put to you, though, that it is his fifth most popular... Oh, well, fifth on his fifth most popular song on his Spotify. Really? Even though, even though it's... All right, so I don't know how the Spotify algorithm works because, number one, 
has 57.5 million views or listens. Number two, just over eight. Number three, just over 18. Number four, just over nine. I think some of it is like, like usually the top is like the most newer. Long, and then like there's newer. It's like uh, Drake at the moment re- re- recently released an album and like mm. entire top five is like off the new album. I'll then yeah. go back to like Hotline Bling or whatever. So you think number one is normally the most listened to. So that's 57 million. Probably. Number five is at a cheeky 351 and a half million. Jeez. Is that Freaks? That's the radio edit of Freaks. Yeah. That's, that's a banger. I'm not going to lie. It is a banger. It is a banger. But yeah, yep. when you're bringing out Timmy Trumpet for entertainment and all he's doing, because one guy had a trumpet, I think, or a trombone of some sort, some brass instrument. And I mean, then- surely, surely Timmy is the trumpet. So what was he doing to Timmy? Well, it's, no, a, it's, a, it's an X-rated grand final show. But there was some guy, I think it was one of, I think it's a duo. Is it a duo? Yeah, it, it was somebody else, I think. Yeah, I yeah. was playing a brass instrument and the other guy was like emceeing. Like he wasn't even like singing the song because it's just like sampled vocals, I think. He was just jumping around. It's like the DJ. The, the Stafford Brothers. Ah, Yes. Was it a fever dream or did I imagine that Shepard were playing this year's? Wasn't that last year? Shepard played the AFL last year and I thought they were playing the NRL this year. I think they just play every second AFL uh, NRL grand final, to be honest. No, that's Birds of Tokyo. I played five times. I mean, they're good. You're fair. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The Veronicas and Shepard played State of Origin. Uh, which really is the grand final of the NRL world. Oh, I pay more attention to State of Origin than the NRL final series, to be just to be honest. Yeah, agreed. Although if Storm had played in the final, I probably would have watched that whole game. So probably, but they didn't. They didn't because the hectic cheese got injured and then got caught in the nose beers twenty four hours later. Huge. Him and money. Um, out for a good time, hanging out with Nadia Bartel and Ben Cousins. And Absolutely, Dan. mate. That three dollar Kmart plate is traversing the globe. Mate, Kmart couldn't have asked for better product placement. I wouldn't be surprised if years later, when uh, she's penning her own book, that it comes out. Just that a photo, a photo of her and the plate on the cover. Yeah, it's just an ad, a giant ad. It was a conspiracy this entire time. I mean, surely if you were the Kmart website, for the product description on the website, you would just make it, yes, that plate. <laughs> yeah, or uh, glowing <laughs> in the review section, Nadia Bartel, great plate. <laughs> As seen in every news bulletin for the last month. <laughs> As seen on Daily Mail, the sun. Uh, what else is going on? Women's magazine, all those trashy forty-year-old mum mags. Or just you'd go the more obscure. After the divorce, Jimmy Net doesn't eat off us anymore. We've adapted. <laughs> you left us out to dry. Instead of you know sniffing coke off a baroque eighteenth-century 
uh, level plate. We had to do it off a $3 Kmart plate. Or, and this might be my, my favourite idea, just a simple competitive headline, Target's plates prefer Pepsi. <laughs> hey He's on one today. On absolute fire. Mate, I am buoyed by your positive attitude to learning that your ex-boss is in jail. <laughs> Mate, it's... Uh, the world is healing, I would say. We are, we're, we've hit rock bottom and Hayden Burbank going to jail is the, uh, the turning point. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, so- what, what I would give to see you travel to Western Australia, get a job as a prison guard, and then we, when he gets released, just walk into his cell and go, you've been let go. <laughs> You will be staying here forever. <laughs> yeah, I'll just be like, oh yeah, here's the only key to your cells. <laughs> Fucking bang it into the Margaret River. Margaret River? Swan River. Swan. Where is Margaret River? I think it's South Australia. Oh, it's Western Australia. Possibly. Yeah, I think it is Western Australia, but it's not the one that goes through Perth. That's no. the Swan River. The Torrens is the one that goes through Adelaide. And Margaret River, I think you're right, does go through Western Australia, but not. The, it's up. It's up further north, I think. Or not the not the big one in Perth, at least. Anyway, enough. Co- anyway, m- moving on from river drug <laughs> uh, music talk. Yeah, huge. Where do we want to start? Do um, give me the give me the quiz. Yeah. All right. Um, fuck. There's a sting for this. Is it? Well, we don't have a who am I, so we're doing a who am I sting. All right, so there is definitely a sting for the quiz. Yeah, uh, kind of, sorta. Like, is it? I see it, but I don't believe it. Is it a quiz? No, that's your multi sting. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah. What's thirteen? Hold on, that's the list. Oh, this is the quiz, not the list. Sorry. Yeah. All right. There we go. Leo Barry is star. All right. That'll do. I got five right. questions for a- you. A- answer one, Leo Barry. Random AFL 2021 season quiz. Question one. Geelong fielded an outrageously old squad in 2021, where at one point having 11 plus 30-year-olds on the field at one time. Who was the oldest player on the list? Oh, um, excellent question, my lord. Um, Thanks, made it myself. Lockie Henderson. Incorrect. Uh, clue? Uh, midfielder. Sean Higgins. Correct. Sean Higgins uh, turns 34 in February, I think. Last February, next February. Next February. Selwood just turned 33. Yep. So did Hawk. And so did everyone. Yep. I think uh, Jordan Clark just turned 33 as well. So. Wait. Yeah. No, don't they have to be turning 34 this year? No, sorry, sorry. Uh, next year. Uh, other, other way around. Other way. Around. Yep, yep, yep. So Higgins is the first one to. He was thirty-three at the start of the year, like when the season started. 
Yeah, so they played the flag. Yeah, Hawkins and Stella played the flag 14 years ago. So they're going to be minimum 32. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Next question. There was only one team to score over 2,000 points for the season. Who was it? And bonus points for how many? So the nearest 10. Um... I'm surprised only one team did it. Considering the dominance of various teams. Port Adelaide? Incorrect. Bulldogs? Incorrect. That's what I thought. West Coast? Incorrect. Melbourne? Brisbane. Really? 2,131 points. All right. Well, that's what I was going to say for my bonus points. I'll take yeah, bonus I points. figured. Yeah, it was just implied. Um, but the fact that the Brisbane Lions scored the most points in the AFL, yeah. no one broke 2,000 and they broke 2,100 is strange. I guess, yeah, without Cam Rayner and without... Uh, Hipwood for half the season. Interesting. Yeah. yeah not bad. Um, if anything, though, an indictment on their defence. Oh, absolutely. Um, oh, actually, <laughs> while we're on Brisbane, the barometer... Not the barometer. ...has been allowed to seek uh, trades. <laughs> to where? The North Baldwin Reserves? <laughs> the Shanghai Sharks. You got to play with Ben Simmons. Um, all right, next question. Has Shanghai been moved to inside California? <laughs> no, but they'll ship him anywhere. They'll get him for a bag of beans. Um, question three How many draws did we have this season? Uh, all right, so Hawthorne Melbourne was one, Richmond Hawthorne was two. Correct. Uh, North GWS was three. Correct. Let's go three. And the answer is three. Huge. All right. This one's a bit out of left field. Oh, not like how many points did Brisbane score for the year? I mean, more out of left field. Who averaged the most AFL fantasy points over the season? Key term being average, not total. Because I'm going to have more. Um, so they didn't play all the games, obviously. Yes. Uh, um, but but to be fair, no, this person is like, I think they only missed one game. Well, then how? That was very misleading. Ignore my initial statement. It was incredibly misleading. Um, yeah. Uh, Callum Coleman Joe. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, the one really good game that Riley Philthorpe had. Actually, no, he didn't miss a game. My first instinct was to say Max Gorn because you get ridiculous points for hit outs, but he didn't miss a game. So let's say. Bond. No. Uh, I'll give you two more guesses. Um, like, just flat out, unreal season. Um, pa- Parish? No, it was uh, one Took Miller. Uh, yeah, fair. Yeah, absolutely fair. Yeah, average 400 touches a game. 
Do you have the list in front of you? How high did Gorn come? Um, I can get that list actually. Uh, sort by AFL fantasy points. I reckon, especially for a ruckman, he would be way up there. I would think. Yeah. See, this is a funny thing. Took finished ninth overall, but averaged the most. Um, he missed one game. Is that how many games he missed? I thought he only missed one with suspension. Yeah, I don't think he got injured though. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, so, but if he only missed one game and he came ninth overall, that is that doesn't make any sense. It, can, it can't be right. Um, because he fully averaged, oh, not averaged, he got 500 less than Jack McRae. I am McRae and accumulator. That makes sense. And I mean, Merritt and Parrish are probably up there as well. Um, um, actually, while we're here, do you want to do top 10 AFL fantasy points? We know Took is one. I'll, I'll take Jackson McRae for 500. Thanks, Alex. Jackson McRae at three. Um, Zeret? At 10. Parrish? Parrish, not in the top 10. Parrish at 19. Mm, um, Jack Steele? At two. Two. Uh, Bond? Not in the top 20. There you go. Uh, Clary is probably one. Took is one. Sorry, uh, just yeah. one in are, are we total or average? Average. Oh, average. You uh, want right. total? I can do total. Uh, I mean, uh, just give me a, a, a specification. I thought we were doing total. Um, how much does total change? That no, we're doing average. <laughs> All right, average. All right. So Took's one, steals two. Uh, Clary at three. Uh, McRae is three. Clary. Sorry, McRae's at three. Clary at four. Did you say? Uh, Clary's at 12. At 12? What? So? Uh. I don't think he missed a game. Um, uh, Gorn? Gorn at nine. Gorn at nine, so Merritt's at 10. Uh, Did I say Ollie Wines? Ollie Wines is at six. Six. um, Jeez, who else we've got? He missed too many. Clary has a certain friend in his midfield. Truck scored higher than Clary. Average, yeah. Seven. See, you say average, but they both played every game. Um, Well, he still finished higher than Clary in total as well. Yeah, well, I mean, he had to because they're both. Yeah, all right, that's interesting. So he's at what, five, just said? Uh, Trark at seven. So you've got Took, Steele, McRae, one, two, three. You've got Wines and Trark, six and seven. You've got Gorn and Zeret at nine and ten. So you need four, five, and eight. Um, all right, let's go. So Adelaide, I don't think any are. Uh, um, I, I would think Adelaide again. Are Rory Laird? Rory Laird at eight. Um, McCluggage midfield pal at four. Lions? Correct. Um, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't that good. Yeah, but it's. I feel like this is all stats. Yeah, but I, yeah, yeah, but true. Number five, the best stat guy in the game. Sam Mitchell. No, Titch. Titch, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> well, which is not- interesting to see. And I'll just run through the AFL fantasy points total. McRae, Truck, Lions, Gorn. Gorn at four. 
Bont at five when he was 19 at average because um, he missed a couple of games. Didn't he? That doesn't even make sense. Clary at six, Wines, Steele, Took, and Tim Taranto at 10. This, these stats seem incorrect. I'm, I'm not doubting your stat gathering abilities, but there seems to be some inconsistencies. I'm quite literally just reading off a list. The more I look at it, the less it makes sense. Because if Tim Taranto's at 10 total, how is he at 17th average? Are you reading fantasy points or Victorian government press releases? Way. Oh, he's branched out into political wait, 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 wait. satire. What a night. <laughs> We're here all week, folks. Um, all right, I've got one more question for you in the quiz. Who kicked the most behinds in the season? Aaron Norton. Yeah, second. Uh, Smallish forward. Happily. Bit taller. Same region. Region being Sydney. Hey, Heaney? Other side of Sydney. Yeah, but uh, Toby Green's not taller than Hathley. They're about the same height. So it is Toby Green. It is Toby Green. Is he taller than Tom Hathley? I'd like to think so. He's barely taller than a garden gnome. <laughs> I'm clearly overestimating how tall Toby Green is. Tom Papley's five foot ten. How tall is Toby Green? Green's six foot. Is he? But Tom Papley is actually a small forward. Toby Green's taller than me. Well. Wow. Oh, what are you? 180. 11. Well, Toby's 181 and a half, it said. So, that's... Yeah, so, he, so he's six foot. So he's three centimetres taller than me. But still, that's taller than me. Yeah, but Tom Papley's 178. Tom Papley's mm. a genuine small forward. That's interesting. I would have thought for sure Papley was taller than Toby. Ah. But yeah, there you go. Um, Nort would be top of that list, except he shanks some so bad they go on the floor. Oh, he just misses or they fall wide short of the boundary line yeah um, yeah because yeah actually while we're here this is fun what uh <laughs> what metric do you want and we can get you to uh smash out a top 10 um any metric any metric disposals will be fun probably uh would you like average or total total uh total disposals all right Oh, this um, finals, that's cheating. <laughs> oh, well, in that case, probably McRae won. Yeah, McRae won, correct. Because I think Titch was one after round 23. So Titch two? No, no, this is after finals. So Titch finished on top, but there's three who played in the final. Oh, so, oh yeah, sorry. So probably Clary yep. two. Um, Trark three? Trax at five. Trax at five, so Bont three. Mm-mm. No? Uh, a certain Brownlow medal winner. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. See, I kept forgetting they played finals because that was so shit. Um, yeah, Ollie Wines at three, uh, Titch at four, Trax at five. Um, say Zeret's probably in there. That's six. Zeret's at six. I'd say he's next. Um, Steel. Uh, no, he finished 14. 
Tuke at seven. Tuke also finished outside. So you've got... Uh, really? Yeah. Um, Bont's in there. Bont's in there at nine. No. Tuke had the most ever games in a row with over 30 touches. And he hasn't finished in the top 10 disposals. Must have missed more games than I thought. I'm going to have to look this up. I'm going to have to look up. Yeah, I can do that. Um, Jared Lyons? At 10. 10? So what have I got? Uh, eight, seven, eight and seven? Uh, eight and seven. One of them's very close to your heart. Darcy? Correct. At nine. No, eight. Eight. And then no one will be... Uh, Could be Rory Laird again. It is Rory Laird, correct. I'm trying to figure out how many games Took missed this year. One, two, three. Wait. Oh, he missed four games. That's why. There you go. Yeah, that probably makes sense. Um, yeah, and that's why he was highest average. It's not like me trying to catch up on my monthly billable hours after missing three days of work. <laughs> it's just, it doesn't matter how many extra point threes you can put on, you're not going to get the extra Hour. 17, 17 and a half that you need in three days. <laughs> You're just running it up all at once. All right. Well, that's the quiz. Good quiz. I liked it. Yeah, well. I'll, I'll come up with a similar one next year. That uh, next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. October next year. Get <laughs> keen. Two year anniversary when we are. Uh, because fine. next next week will, of course, be the April 24th show, the Anzac Eve show. Yeah, uh, we pre- we preview Melbourne Richmond and think can Melbourne get within hundred points, and then I'm, preview the next day's game. Can Essendon finally break the Collingwood hoodoo? I'm big on Essendon's chances to win. I think uh, Darcy Parish, although just being moved into the midfield, looks looks the goods. The pessimism that supporting Essendon has instilled in me has me genuinely worried about it. <laughs> even even with the benefit of hindsight. Even in retrospect. All right. Um, All right. Hit me with a rant. Yeah, huge. Dear Mr. President, there are too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window. Open it and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Wait, give me something. Give me something. <laughs> For this week's rant, I am channeling Jamal's hero. No, not Hayden Burbank. Not the famous chain smokers of the 1980s. That's right. The listeners haven't forgotten about the ex- expose of your chain smoking last week. Has it been an all right week for you since vaping became illegal? I just started drinking more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've never, you've never, you've never been a rule follower anyway, so you'll continue puff- puffing away on that watermelon sugar. Uh, I'm more of a guava man. Right. Yeah. So, so, so more Nile than Harry. Did. <laughs> but no, I am going to make like one of Jamal's other heroes, Daniel Andrews, and abdicate all responsibility for this week's rant. 
this week's rant will be handled by the man himself, chain smoker extraordinaire, Jamal Jamahaja, and will be prompted by two simple words, Atlanta Falcons. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> All right. So I got absolutely blind last night, right? I, I can't I'm remember. shocked. I can't remember what for. I think it was in uh, protest of vapes being... Because it was a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> it's prohibition every day. Um, so got blind, passed out, and woke up at like 4 a.m. Um, and I was like, oh, the football's on. Check, checked your Facebook messages. Yeah, I did. And you were, yeah, and you were just like, oh, the Falcons, if the Falcons get up, the multi goes through. And I was like, I woke up and we were 10 points in front halfway through the second quarter. I was like, okay, cool. Flipped on the game. I was like, okay, we're, we're not good, but neither are the football team, the, the Washington football team. Which side rant, how they don't have an actual nickname yet is beyond me. It's been 18 months. Get a yeah, I, I, I've always been a football team supporter. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, well, you. <laughs> how generic. It sounds like uh, Dennis Cometti, <laughs> a- AFL 2004 live type of, <laughs> of... I think I think Washington will win. I disagree. I'm going with the football team. The football team. Um, so Washington, it, it's a pretty close game because the Falcons are shit. And then halfway through the third quarter, our... Hunter does a kickoff, tears his hamstring. So for the rest of the game, we don't have a punter, which is basically just, you know, a Savario rocker. Hey, just stand there and kick it big. Um, so we can't do anything. Um, we were 30 to 22 up um, just for the listener. A touchdown is seven points. So we were eight points in front with three minutes ago, Washington come down, score a touchdown, go for two points and miss. Then we, um, <laughs> at our 25 yard line, we hand the ball off to our running back three times in a row for two yards. And then we have to punt the ball. Knowing that we don't have a punter, we send our kicker on to punt the ball and it goes, 25 yards. Um, we could kick 25 yards. Um, Jonathan Brown kicked about 25 yards in steel cap shoes or whatever he was wearing. In, in fairness, he had been drinking exclusively milk for a week in <laughs> honour of his new sponsorship deal. Who's he sponsored by? Milk. Oh, Oh. Have you not seen the John O'Brien milk ads? Oh, oh, oh. mate. They... Avoid TV like the plague. Anyway, we and it's not the kicker's fault because it's not his job to kick the ball in that way. So, Washington get the ball, and our defense is a sieve. Um, they couldn't catch COVID. Um, so they they walk like Washington walk down the field. And they run it in for a touchdown in the most spectacular Falcons way. The uh, halfback that caught the ball was on our team last year. 
and we released him for the guy who basically lost us the game. The play calling was awful. Um, Matt Ryan's about 40 years old um, and needs to go to a retirement home. And yeah, we just lost in the most incredible way I've ever seen in my life since the last time the Falcons lost in the Super Bowl. It was just, you know, those teams who just lose, like it's almost a St. Kilda way of just like, how the fuck did you lose that? Yeah, against all odds, you snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Exactly. You're just like, you had absolutely zero business losing that game. Well done. They've yeah, turned so, it into an art form. So I woke up about what 5 a.m. this morning to a message from you saying, we're in front and looking pretty good, actually. Which from you, a very pessimistic Atlanta fan, I thought, oh, maybe it's a chance. And then I woke up and saw you, your message said, We've just lost in the most extraordinary way I've ever seen in all my 12 years of watching football. Yeah. Oh, fucking course you have. I so strongly considered cashing out at $30 last night. Yeah. Should have. Probably because should. you never, never rely on Atlanta. It's like, yeah. If, oh, mate, even if you didn't put money on Atlanta, they'd find a great way to lose. I have far too long I have supported the Atlanta Falcons and I think this is a curse of Hawthorne being really good my entire life which is good because like it's my main sport but my other sporting teams have lost in the most outrageous and spectacular ways ever like the Oklahoma City Thunder were 3-1 up against the Dynasty Warriors team we lost that series and then our best player went to the Warriors and I was just like what did I do to deserve this? And the same year, the Falcons lost the Super Bowl. And I was just like, what have I done? <laughs> is, is this the sports gods being like, well, Hawthorne have been good for a very long time. Yeah, we need to even you get anything out. else. You don't get anything else. Honestly, I would take it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like, you know, as much as I, I was going to say love the Falcons. God, it's a Stockholm Syndrome relationship at this point. The only reason I like really got involved in the game today is because Falcons Twitter is so funny. Everyone, is- I did, I, and then when I logged on to Twitter at seven AM this morning, the first seven <laughs> tweets I saw were from you. Aggressive, like everyone, every Falcon fan on Twitter is aggressively negative. It's almost the Essendon extreme pessimism of just like, well, nothing good can happen. It's yeah. like we're, we're, we're cursed. cursed. We're cursed. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, fucking Falcons, Jesus Lord. <laughs> On that note, take me to a multi. Let's cheer you up. <sighs> Huge. Finally, I can make some money. I know where all my barista money's going. On the multi? Just multi, right here. That, that's good because leg one of the multi. We're on the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> We are to defeat the New York Jets. They are overwhelming favourites at $1.55. The Falcons? The Falcons are the overwhelming favourites to defeat the Jets, $1.55. You know where it's being played? That, oh, Shanghai? London. What? Yeah. Oh, the, well, the clearly, they're, clearly the bookies are banking on half the Jets team to be stuck up Big Ben <laughs> and the other half to get stuck on the London Eye. Yeah, they've introduced like the international series. So three games a year. There's like 
of various teams. They're usually the shit teams. They get shipped off to London. What about Sydney or Melbourne? Uh, or like, they're like working on it. Algooly. Yeah, they're, they're genuinely working on like an Australian one, but it's like, I think basketball will be here before the NFL. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, that is leg one. Leg two, we are going back to your favourite tournament, the IPL. And we're on the Mumbai Indians to defeat the Rajasthan Royals, a very juicy dollar sixty-seven. Who's on either of those teams that I would know? I believe Mumbai may have Marcus Stoinis, who is actually out injured. The Hulk. The Hulk um, may actually be coached by Ricky Ponting as well. I'm not sure if that is still true. Huge. Um. If you can pad for a little bit, I might be able to find you the answers. Oh, absolutely. And we got Mumbai and the... Well, I mean... uh, The Taj Mahal Super Kings? I... Well, this is interesting. Oh, no. Okay, there it is. All right. So, um, squads. Raja... No, this is still... Yeah, here we go. So, Rajasthan. uh, Joss Butler. David Miller, South Africa. Um, oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. Not. I was going to say, you have to go to go super casual fan because, like. Yeah. Um, very, very money ball squad. <laughs> They're playing the analytics, not the stars. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the analytics. I don't think that's. Um, and then the Mumbai squad, of course, features Quinton de Kock. Huge. Rohit Sharma. Oh, yeah. Oh. Christopher, Christopher Lynn. Hey, it's a big team. Big hitter. Hard, Hardik Panja. Panda. Jimmy Neesham from New, uh, New Zealand. Kieran Pollard. Love. Jesprit Bumrah. Hey, that team will walk. Nathan Coulton Isle. Ah, uh, maybe not. Trent Bowles. <laughs> Nathan Coulton Isle. No, Colt is a very, very good T20 player. Trust. Yeah, I, I saw him once live and I was underwhelmed. I was just underwhelmed by that game, to be honest. To be fair, that yes. game that the Renegades like won their first game of the season. Not Against the, the Stars? They were terrible, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're on that side against the no-name side. So yeah, no, uh, we work our way down. Uh, we go to the ice hockey, the National Hockey League, Huge. the uh, the Canadian Redneck League, second sport in Canada to curling, and we're on Tom Brady's team, the Lightning, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and we're taking eight dollar sixty. I have not paid attention to NHL since Matt Klopak left my life. If you had been paying any attention to the prices of these leagues, you would be seeing a consistent theme. We're out here to win, baby, this week. We're short. We're nice and short. We're short. And the final leg, we go to the most exciting leg, and one that I personally will be watching. And not just because there's no other sport on on the weekend. 
Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, as it may be, I will be tuning into the massive bout between the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, <laughs> and Deontay Wilder. Was it round three? Fury I think this. I, I think this is the uh, yeah the double rematch, and we're on the Gypsy King, my boy Tyson Fury, to get the job done at a dollar thirty six. He's only short. You wrap it all up, and we've got a nice short five dollars sixty three. But it's a very certain five dollars sixty three. So take your disaster payment, take your mortgage payment, take maybe not all of them, but at least take two of your three kids, place them on the teller's desk, and say, "Just give me any value you can get from this. Sell them off. I don't care. I'll buy them back in a week at five times the value. I'll come back to the wife with ten kids." <laughs> What incredible value it'll be. Interest, say, I mean, interest on children and you're just getting more children. We've been able to have the family of 12. You've always wanted and only had to go through labor twice. What, an, incre- what an incredible deal. Not to undermine the multi, but the Jets at 262. I don't hate it. It was a real toss up between whether we back the Falcons in or. It is a say we're or say we're never backing the Falcons again. And yeah. I, I had clicked on the Jets, and then when I saw that the Falcons were so overwhelming favorites. Yeah. So what what a great redemption story. Yeah. And to be honest, I thought it would be the thing that could cheer you up on this podcast. I did not anticipate your old boss getting locked up. No, neither. So um up the Falcons. And I think that'll be at normal person time because it's in London. I might be able to actually watch it. At not thirty in the morning. Let's be honest. You watch them all anyway. Yeah, but that's besides the point. I'm and your, 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 your new job isn't going to particularly change that because you'll still have to be up crazily early to be able to make coffee for people on yeah. their way to work. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'll just watch it on the train in. Yeah, I mean, just, just I don't know if you've got an iPad, but just buy an iPad and put it next to the coffee machine. Yeah, just chuck <laughs> Are you so- I used to do this when the World Cup was on. Yeah, guys, do you have a TV? I, I, I got my phone. This was the first group game. We were playing, I don't know, someone and we lost. And I was bartending at a restaurant and I had it like under the under the bar. So I was just like serving people. And then I was just like looking at the fucking, it was just like, what's so interesting about the lines? And I was like. Uh, just put it in the till. So every time you like press the button for the till to open, you're like, oh. Actually, that's what I did for round one Hawthorne Essendon. I was working a function at Mango. And Don't I talk to me about round one Essendon. I just had my phone like under the till and just watching it. They were just like, hey, can I get a wine? I was like, I don't know, Tim O'Brien's taking a set. <laughs> yeah, mate, hold up. We've come back 40 points. <laughs> yeah, uh, break, mate. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's the multi. $5.63. Take it to the bank. Or to the nightclub or to the cafe or to the sheep station. Or wherever you're giving your kids up to. the track. Yeah, yeah. Where, wh- whichever website it is these days that is multiplying children oh. at a scale of five to one. <laughs> Actually, 5.6 to one. So you can roll back in with 11.2 kids. Just 11 average size kids and just a fetus. Oh, no, there's a really dark joke that I'm not going to say. I mean... No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. Leaving aside that, I would like you to explain what is an average-sized kid? 
No, but like if, no, if be, not, because I mean, in terms of different classes of adults or different classes of humans, it's the kids that tend to have the most variance between their sizes. So what is true, but I'm, I'm what's just, an average kid and what's point two of a kid? If you're thinking like you come in with two five year olds, and then you leave with like what is it five point six or one so eleven point two like well one fifty three year old I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> No, but you leave with like, ten, what is it? Ten five-year-olds and like two, three and a half-year-olds or something. Whatever the math adds up to. This is getting dangerously close to algebra. Yeah, no, it like, but you, like perverted you, algebra. I say like, I could figure it out if I had a pen and paper in front of me and maybe like two and a half hours to figure out a very basic mathematical sum. Imagine that in the methods textbook. Janie walks into a Janie walks into a children multiplier with five five-year-olds, sets it to well, with two five-year-olds, sets it to point five point six three. How many children of what age does she have now? Please round your answer to the nearest child. <laughs> to the nearest limb. Yeah, it's uh, 11.2 <laughs> children, 10 five-year-olds, a three-and-a-half-year-old, and there's one two-year-old, but with um, a stub arm. So I, I don't know if you've ever seen Taskmaster, but Alex Horn tends to give the most ridiculous measurements he can. And the one I watched yesterday is like, I, so you got like 11-and-a-half metres, which, uh, <laughs> which is the equivalent of five adult shacks and two child shacks <laughs> if we're measuring things in Shaquille O'Neal's <laughs> and, and we are not we are not measuring Shaquille uh, people do oh, people do that all the time which is like especially with um like deforestation they measure by football field this is 15 football fields worth of forest I'm like what are we talking the cattery MCG in yeah, look, in fairness to that, most of those things are American football fields, which are standard size. Yeah, but what the, what the fuck is 100 yards? Sorry, I'm, we're not getting on this imperial <laughs> shit. Actually, no, it, it's, a, it's a reasonable point. Not the what is a 100 yards thing, because that's as stupid as two and a half child shacks. <laughs> but is AFL the only professional sport in the world that has varying... Well, cricket is the same, I guess. AFL and cricket, are they, they the only two sports that have varying, like, field sizes? I think is, so. a, is, a, is a baseball diamond uniform? Uh, obviously, the diamond is, but is the like, the outfield uniform? No, I think you can have further, like, it's, you can have further back and, like, higher walls. Yeah. Like, there are some stadiums with just, like, giant walls. You see, like... Some with the um the smaller back walls and they like climb and grab it from like the guys in the stands. Where some yeah, okay. just like okay. belt it, um, yeah. Musa Ahmed style. Like you can't get that. Um, I think soccer's soccer's uniform, surely. Soccer no, yeah, soccer fields, soccer pitches are the same. They're not all it, but it like it varies by like minimal amount of meters. Really? It varies at all. That really surprises me. Yeah, it's not much. It's like tiny but yeah so i mean they're pretty much uniform and yeah. like obviously basketball courts are uniform nfl fields are uniform ice hockey rinks uniform um, rugby pitches i think they're called pitches in rugby 
netball courts, but yeah, we said basketball courts, Olympic swimming, Olympic track. Yeah. Yeah, it's strange that you can like, especially use it to your advantage in such like an incredible way. It's like true home field advantage. The most you get in like the NBA is like altitude. Anytime anyone goes to like Denver, which is like, oh, fuck. And and I mean, crowd. Yeah, true. Um, But I mean, you get that in AFL and stuff as well, especially if you're from Perth or Adelaide. We have crowds? Perth and Adelaide, do. One day. Mate, I'm so excited to move in the city just so I can fucking walk to whatever stadium Hawthorne are playing at. Mate, when you move into the city, we're getting you an AFL membership because we're going to more than Hawthorne games. I was going to say, genuinely, if Ben King comes to Essendon, I'll be at Essendon games. Genuinely, I think you should get an AFL membership. Then we can literally just like be at the pub midday on a Sunday and be like, Gold Coast and Freo playing at Eddie had, which doesn't make much sense. <laughs> um, yeah, be- Gold Coast and Freo playing at Eddie had because Mark McGowan has banned anybody traveling into his state until 2036. <laughs> no, he's just banned humans. <laughs> Everyone's been shipped out to the east half of Australia. Yeah, even he is governing remotely. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, we can just wander over, go for free. Yeah, Carlton, yeah, yeah, Carlton are playing St Kilda and he's like, oh. Good God. All right. Well, I'm drunk. I mean, I can watch yeah, it. I literally have nothing else to do. I'm going to walk home and watch it anyway. Mm. May right. as well May as well walk a less distance and just go sit there and see it in person. Yeah, and watch and it. And then it'd be, it'd be quicker for me to walk back to the city afterwards. <laughs> yeah, to, to the pub. So you don't, oh, yeah. We, you're just saving miles there. Yeah. Huge. I mean, it's efficiency is what it is. Yeah. Oh, look. And... We're nothing if not efficient, you know. These recordings only have efficiency in mind. So what I'm getting from that statement is we are nothing. Mate, this has been one of the quicker recordings that we've had. Yeah, and it's 11 o'clock. It's 11 o'clock and we start, and like we got on at like eight and we started recording at like quarter to nine. Yeah, and as long, as long as we finish it in the next hour and a half, we'll be quicker than last week. Oh, absolutely. Well, with that being said, um, unless you got anything else, do you want a, la- a last call? Ring that bell, baby. What do we got? What are we feeling? Uh, i got three words for you. Mm. Gus Gould. Biased? <laughs> I tagged you in that thing this morning. I was just like, Gus Gould has been, you know, accused of being biased and making the, yeah, the broadcast unwatchable. I was like, yeah, what, like, welcome to last year and the year. Did before- anybody watch last year when Melbourne Storm were up by twenty points and Gus thought that the Panthers were on top? Hold on, we there there is actually a button for this. Um, hold on, please. Hold on. Gus here again, mano a mano. Kenny, shut him down. Like he did last year. Are you kidding me? That's the horn. In comes Gus. I honestly feel like the Panthers are on top. The run of the play, I feel like they're doing better than the Melbourne Storm, but the Melbourne Storm have been able to keep the scoreboard ticking. Like, which, which would be the definition of who's on top. Actually, on that, what is the sting with the bona fide scrub? Uh, that's worse of the week. It's, do, do we want to hear it since we 
Oh, is is that that's the worst buzz? I haven't got worst buzz because there's been no football. Um, Do you just want to hear the sting? I just love- yeah, actually, actually, give me the sting. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. No disrespect whatsoever, but I'm sorry to call tell everybody the truth. The man cannot. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. One vote, Gus Gould. He gets all three. No, 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 no. The next five go to your mate, Hayden Burbank. Ah, nice. No, he gets gets in my good votes. (laughs) He just made my entire year. That's why you don't do the votes. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, But yes, Gus Gould. You're uh, more more biased on this than Gus Gould. That's that's very true. Um, But like, it's almost BT levels of, I'd say it's more than that. Of unlistenable and like it's yeah, but it's genuine bias. But at the same time, it's I, I don't know. It, it's kind of nice to hear somebody with such passion enjoy. Like like I would have loved to have heard Gary commentate the last twenty minutes of the Melbourne Grand Final. Hmm. To be honest, yeah. I, I mean, I know we were weren't spoiled for choice with JB and BT. Yeah, but I mean, you could even hear the excitement coming out in Daisy's voice. Yeah, no, sure. um, yeah. and and I mean, he, hearing Gary commentate the last twenty minutes of that and with like David Neitz or someone, I reckon it would be great. And I've been a big advocate for this for the last few years with the technology that Fox Footy has. Mm. I know that they did press red for Ed when it was like him and Tony Shaw and Michael Christian and stuff. I would love to see that a lot more for different teams. Yeah, they have that for um, like American sports. They have. Well, it's it's obviously home commentary teams and like in different I, cities and stuff. Yeah, and you get, I mean, you do get that because if you listen to the radio or anything in Perth, like you get a predominantly Perth call team. Yeah, but even then, they have to try and maintain some semblance of impartiality. Whereas I reckon if you if you advertised like, and if you could build your roster of talent to the point where you could have three. Um, commentators from every side mm. and you could have a biased call for both teams in all nine rounds in all nine games per round that would be awesome how good would that like i mean as much you would want to have the impartial call as well for everybody that didn't go for one team yeah so it would be significant resources invested but i i think it, it would be fantastic to be able to listen to like for you for example i mean That'd be Chief, Luke Hodge. Quartermain, Chief, and Dermy. And I know you're not, not a big rap for Dermy, but I reckon if they were just pro Hawthorne the whole time. I just need quarters back on the air. Oh, miss him. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, from, from an Essendon perspective, like listening to, I don't know who would you have, Lloydie and Job and... Sarah Jones. Jonesy, yeah, but she's not a commentator. She's a host. Yeah, and she's a very good host. Yeah. Trying to think of whether any commentators are pro Essendon, but I'm I'm not sure. But it doesn't matter. Lordo. I'm sure you I'm sure you could find some. Yeah, Lordo and, and Joe and Jonesy. Yeah, but just make for like the Bulldogs getting like Bob. Um like just even like fans as well. Like just imagine having Andy Lee in like a special comments for like Carl. Andy Lee, Sam Pang. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, and, and, and as much as much. As much as it would be possibly unlistenable a little bit for neutral fans in good games, mm. I reckon it could add a lot to the watchability of blowouts and really shit games. Yeah. Like if I'm going to sit through watching Melbourne v Carlton, where Melbourne win by 100 points, mm. 
I definitely want to listen to Andy Lee and Sam Pang abuse the Carlton players for it. Yeah, it it'd almost have the same energy as um, when we watched the like the fifty countdown games and they re-recorded for Fox Footy. Like, yeah, and it was a, and the highlight of all that for me was the Essendon North Melbourne game where North was sixty seven points in front. Yeah, and, and Chief and Chief turned to Kingy, who was playing in the game, and just went, "Well, you can't lose from here. You're home." And there that, is no possible way you can lose. Which is, yeah, and I think, I don't know, it's a lot of money. But also, like, having, you know, three calls would be good. Because, like, like, I'm personally sick of Brian Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't think you're in the minority there. It would be a lot of money, but I think it, it would be worth it if it was predicated on the fact that everybody understood it was a piss take. Yeah. Because you would need ambassadors of your club and i'm thinking for example andy lee mm. who is a genuine ambassador for carton and gets paid for it to be able to go onto fox footy and do that bias seg and when they're playing badly be able to absolutely rip into the players as a complete satire and parody uh, yeah it's it's not going to happen but it which would. Would, which would, which would be the impediment to it because clubs would be like no i don't want our fans yeah it's, like, it's about the brand of whatever and he's like just shut up it's a game at the end of the day from from a broadcasting perspective that would be perfect because press red for ed as much as people criticize ed for like loving collingwood and being biased it was fantastic listening when they did that even when he got in the booth this year i mean he's a fantastic football caller when he's impartial yeah but like when he commentated the collingwood game and he was just actively barracking it was hilarious it was great yeah that was good stuff and it's probably a really good way to, in, not indoctrinate, but sort of induct new comment and new special comments players. And especially if they want to try and get more Indigenous and female special comments people into the ecosystem. Yeah. Bringing them in when they can comment on something they've obviously got high knowledge of because they know quite a lot of the players. They've got an in-depth knowledge of that club. Mm. So they can seem far more intelligent and sort of on top of stuff than they might be if they were commentating an impartial game. Yeah, because, like, I, I don't know who, and this might be a bad example, like who Kelly Underwood goes for. Uh, yeah, I, I mean... I, she could be, like, more... Like, I feel like she just gets hospital handballed shit games and then gets put next to Dermot. She does. But at the same time, I th- the most annoying part of her commentary for me is her voice. And that's not a sexism thing because there's plenty of male commentators that hate the sound of their voice too. Mm. I just think, unfortunately, she's one of those ones that I just can't stand listening to. It's a bit grating. It's, yeah, it's... And she, her excitement and inflection is all in the wrong spot. And, like, I don't think it's from lack of practice because she's been going at it for a decade and a half now. I just don't think she's very good. Yeah, and she's not the only one. There's plenty of them, as we have not been shy to point out on this podcast before. Which is why neither of us will get a job at various AFL media. But you know, exactly. We had the goal to criticize scoops. That's enough. Mate, get scoops. Oh, mate, scoops on the St Kilda call. Mate, could oh, who'd be on that St Kilda call? Maybe that's a list we can do next week. Scoops, Joey, and Nick Rewell. Scoops is the main caller. Joey and Nick Rewald as the, the special comments. Luke Dunstan, how dare he besmirch the name of the St Kilda Football Club? He's soon the worst. Soon to be Essendon player. That can happen. 
Yeah, I believe. Well, I mean, he wants to come, and we've had talks with him. So as long as he's not asking for too high a price, I would think it'll happen. That's good depth. Yeah, I mean, he's fine. He had that like seven game stretch really early in his career where he's just a star, mm. and then obviously has sort of plateaued and petered out. But I think he's a perfectly fine depth player. For me, he's in the realm of Tom Cutler, but better. Ah, oh, which I mean, a, a raw chicken sandwich, I think, might have been better than Tom Cutler sometimes this year. But a little, in, in, in fairness to him, and I have not been shy in my criticism of him. He did improve towards the back end of the year, and excluding that elimination final, was pretty good for the last six weeks. And to be honest, that elimination final was just one. And of- yeah, in fairness, the, the worst thing he did was a complete accident when it came off his boot out on the floor. Yeah, it, probably a close second being when he the, the it backwards to Tim English. So, In fairness, Tim English is quite small and hard to see. Yeah, he's Caleb Daniel level underground handball type of it's hard to see. He pops up out of the ground like a mushroom in Mario. <laughs> like a whack-a-mole. Stop. He's just there. Yep, he's gone. <laughs> Whack at him. All right. All right, uh, what do you got? Uh, one more NFL. Actually, two more NFL notes. Um the Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars won round one last year and have lost 19 games in a row. When did they play in a Super Bowl? 20, what, 18? Uh, they made a... No, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Carolina. Never mind. No, no, they made a... What's the preliminary final? The conference final? Pro, Pro Bowl? Nah, that's like the all-star game. Oh, sorry. It's like um... the... Basically, conference final, yeah, conference final. final. Yeah. Um, like three years ago. And they have just shit the bed. Like 19 yeah, right. losses in a row for a professional sports team is embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, it's Carlton level. Oh, absolutely. They're just insipid. Um, Tom Brady made his return to New England and officially became the fourth ever player to beat every single NFL team. Um, they almost didn't win. It was a wild ending. But I was, I was kind of hoping New England would win just for the story. And just so, like, I, I have this weird affinity for Belichick because he's on, like, clerks and levels of just grumpy old guy yeah. who is just a genius. But clearly genius, and you're annoyed at it. Um... He also became the NFL's all-time leading passer, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, absolutely right. In the first quarter, he, he came out and he was just like, he got booed, which is the wildest thing to me. Played how many years? Yeah, yeah look, he did win many um, championships for the Patriots, I, think like I guess. But... 20 years for the Patriots, won them six Super Bowl rings. Um, and, like, America's different. America's, especially Boston. Just, yeah, because I think I think we've talked about this before, and I, I don't mind it. It's because it's so each team is, and obviously excluding LA and New York, but yeah. each team is so sort of entrenched in a city's DNA because yeah, like, there's only one anywhere. Yeah, regional. It's, 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 it's right. like tri, it's like tribal warfare. 
Yeah, it's great. And that's kind of what we miss out in Melbourne. Whereas, I mean, if you go from the Western Bulldogs to like Hawthorne, you're like, ah, yeah, fuck you. You went from the Western suburbs to the Eastern suburbs. How dare he? It's like, oh, you went from North Melbourne to Carlton. It's like, how dare you cross that Ligon Street line? There is. (laughs) It's like the Sharks and the Jets. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and I actually don't mind that. I would prefer the AFL to be like that. Obviously, we're not a big enough country for that to be the case because then it would be a, a tiny competition. It's, a, a, it's wild. Like, Tom Brady wanted to stay. Tom really? Brady... Yeah. No, he, he wanted to stay. He wanted a certain amount of money, which was, right. like, not an outrageous amount. It would have made him, like, the 12th highest paid quarterback in the league or something. Um, and they were just like, nah. We're good. I, I mean, I feel like we've had this conversation probably many times after it happened, but whose decision was that? I assumedly it wasn't Belichick's. It would have been owners. It was a bit of both because, no, at the end of the day, he's 43. Yeah, but he won a Super Bowl after he left. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, like, it's just one of those things where you're just like, when does it end? It's almost like... Look, you're right. In hindsight, is 2020. And obviously, if they could have seen that he was still that good after they let him go, they probably kept keeping. But yeah, like in the event that they he signed two years, fifty million dollars, and he's just like he turns into a forty-five year old and he gets his pension, his card, and a bus pass, they'd be like, yeah. okay, we're yeah, just- yeah, look, uh, understood. But at the same time, yeah, good on you, Tom. Bit of uh, sliding doors. And if he stays at New England, we never get the fantastic footage of him tossing the Lombardi trophy to Rob Gronkowski across the ocean. No, we don't. He said, I've got seven of these. I really don't care about this. I don't care if I drop one. Gronk, come on, catch it. (laughs) We'll be right, mate. Um, I've got one more American sports thing. Uh, I think I talked a bit of NBA vaccination last week. Um, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, refused to get vaccinated and then the NBA was just like well if you refuse to get vaccinated you're not allowed to play in these states because that's what the government says and he was just like oh all right and then got vaccinated it's that easy yeah and I mean the AFL is going to be the same thing because the Victorian government have mandated that professional athletes have to be double backed Mm. and obviously every AFL player plays in Victoria at least what eight times a year? Yeah, I think it's at least half. Um, oh, not half. So, so I mean, it's handy for the AFL that they've taken it. The government's taken it out of their hands, so they don't have to have the stash with the players' association. They just say, "Well, yeah, we're fine. Yeah. We're not going to we, we're not going to mandate it." But I mean, if you're thinking that you're going to hang on and say, "No, well, we're we're not. We're just going to not play in Victoria." Have we had any like? Because in America, there's been so many like anti-vaxxers and just like, I'm not doing yeah, it. No, I, no, there hasn't been, a, I saw this today. There hasn't been a single one yet. They're at over 95% first vax. Huge. And have not had one single player uh, protest or indicate they don't want to get vaxxed. That's sensible. Wow. The AFL? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's just reading the tea leaves. Even if you're anti, well, sorry, not anti-vax, but the, Vax hesitant or don't particularly want it, you can just say it like, well, I mean, to not just to be able to work, but I mean, to be able to work, 
to do stuff. To be able to go to a pub, to be able to go to a cafe, to be able to go do anything, have to be. Yeah. Whether you agree with that or not, which I mean, I can understand why, but I'm very skeptical of whether it's it's entirely legal. But that is an issue for our spin-off podcast, The Last Facts. <laughs> the Last Facts. Um, when it's all about when you. When, when you and I, notorious anti-vaxxers, face off to see who will be the last one to give in and get vaccinated. Um, COVID or nothing. Yeah. I choose death. Yeah, I mean, I mean we could just go the, the, the COVID call. Yeah. Or the, or the last vax, either one. We're both unvaxxed and not intending to get vaxxed and mil- mil- militantly anti-vax and so Dan Andrews, Jamal says, arrest him. Damn. You just need to listen to his other podcast for all hours to see his incredibly inflammatory anti-vax views. And I would encourage anybody that hears this audio that has not heard any of Jamal's content to just not even listen just to go out on an all anti-Jamal campaign just try and cancel him without having listened to any of his content that's usually how that goes that's that's about internet culture is just like one person hones in on it and then like says something and everyone else is just like well if one person says something I guess it must be true it's like this sounds like it's coming from somebody that's experienced being cancelled for for being anti-vaxxed has rebuilt themselves stealthily <laughs> and he's now trying to avoid not being cancelled again my message to everybody would be cancel him cancel him now absolutely i'm about it there's not enough interest to cancel just quietly again i i come back to the if two dudes podcast in the woods does anyone hear it kind of thing it's just like well it's like uh if alex jones didn't have a platform he was just talking out to the ether like the homeless guys you see on the street and they're just like chatting absolute nonsense. And you're just like, well, why do you don't have a platform? <laughs> just, just going to say, you and I should probably be reticent to criticize the homeless guys on the street speaking nonsense without a platform. Yeah, we... Because literally the difference between us is we both have laptops and microphones <laughs> and clocks. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. But to get back to the, the, the thing we were talking about before we revealed you as an anti-vaxxer and somebody that deserves to be cancelled aggressively, not just cancelled, but hounded. Send him um, to the guillotine. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's, there's not much scope in Australia and we seem far more overwhelmingly pro-vax than America is. Like I think even the American vax rate's at about 55, 60, isn't it? Yeah, it's because optional and like, everything in australia is like way easier just because we're so much smaller yeah like the scope like culture but but even like the the queensland and western australian vax rates are lagging way behind but they have less population um yeah they have less population so they're they're kind of like those um, midwestern or outback american states that are sort of down on vaccine Florida's an interesting one because I, I think if you look, actually look at the statistics, it's been sort of misrepresented. It's re- I, I, th- I think it, it, it's obviously home to lots of hillbillies and yeah. yahoos. 
But I think on vaccination rates alone, I think it's doing a lot better than sort of lots of those ones through the Midwest. Yeah, your Idaho's and your yeah Iowa's and your even Texas. I think it's even got Texas covered. Um, yeah, but we know what Texas feels about most things. Yeah, but having said that, it's got three of the like biggest cities in the US. Yeah, that's true. It's just um, like, everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I think Australia as a whole, because so much of our population is condensed into New South Wales and Victoria, and more specifically Sydney and Melbourne, it's easier to get a larger portion of the population vaxxed and messaged. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to see what happens with the new Premier in New South Wales, especially if they instate the person they're thinking it might be, which is Dominic Peregrini or whatever he's known as, Perrine. San Pellegrino. San Pellegrino. Um, Because he seems to be very much from the let it rip camp. So he might revise the roadmap to sort of just open up even more extremely. Be interesting. Uh, which which will be interesting, but I mean, yeah, I, I think for the majority of the Victorian criticisms of the New South Wales handling and the outcomes and stuff that everything's happened, it seems to almost be just six weeks ahead. Yeah, it it just yeah, like like it's genuinely we people here criticize and shout and shout and say this is disgraceful. How can you let it happen? And then six weeks later, it happens here and just silence. Yeah. Like here, Brett Sutton announced today that we're going to stop notifying people if they're at a two, tier two exposure site. That happened six weeks it happened six weeks ago in New South Wales and people were shouting from the rooftops. Yeah, because it wasn't happening to us. <laughs> How dare they do this? This is the dereliction. Dere, dereliction? Maybe. Dereliction. Dereliction of their duties. How can they do this? This is disgraceful. Like you're killing people. It happens here. Oh, well, I mean, that's fine. It's what, it's, what, it's what the health advice is based on. But regardless of what you think, either way, the inconsistency in the messaging and the reaction to both sides has been astounding. Honestly, I just, I'm just I'm just not caring. Um, I'm at the point where I'm just like, I'm just waiting. Yeah. Moving on from politics. Um, yeah. So do, were you aware that the, uh, oh, I think you were aware because I think we talked about it. We're watching it. The women's Australian side played the Indian cricket side in a test. Yeah. Is, are you about to bring up um, the long studs? I am. Huge. Go on. Um, so it turns out none of the Australian bowlers, despite playing a test match on the Gabba, had long stops. Um, as was found out when Mitchell Stark, who obviously was there in his uh, capacity as a uh, bar, boyfriend and husband, bar? <laughs> bah. Or is it, it, it's Hab, isn't it? Husband. Hus- husband or boyfriend. Hab of obviously the fantastic Alyssa Healy um, asked one of the bowlers whether she had long stops and she said, no, none of us do. Um, So he asked what size she was and went out and bought long studs for all of the women's bowlers, which is a fantastic move on his part. But I mean, does beg 
the belief why if you're scheduling a, te- a women's test match in Queensland, if you're Cricket Australia, why you aren't providing your bowlers at the very least with long stops. It is an incredibly poor look on Cricket Australia where one of your bowlers has to be like, oh, you guys don't have this? Oh, I'll buy it. Because it's it's one of two things. It's they weren't provided with the um, like the, the equipment that was needed. And the other thing is, uh, <laughs> not to read too much into it, but you can kind of look into like the whole pay gap thing where Mitch Marsh is getting, uh, Mitch Marsh, Mitch Stark is getting paid, what, fucking millions of dollars. He's not obviously not playing the IPL, but like he can get IPL money. He can get men's cricket money. Yeah, endorsement deals and stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And I mean... But more on the Cricket Australia not providing... I, I, I can understand that pay gap stuff because, the, I mean... Yeah, yeah, it's a whole... Whether, whether you like it or not, they do bring in far more viewership and money. It, it just is what it is, and it sucks. Um, that's just the way... Yeah, but, but for Cricket Australia to preach all this equality and, like, everything's equal in the women's game is just as important as everything. And, like, like there's no way any Australian fast bowler probably any cricketer, but at least fastball, I wouldn't be given like three, at least three sets of these long stops. Even at like a semi-professional, like the youth teams, I feel like would be relatively kitted out. Yeah. And it's not as if they weren't kitted out because I think we're not talking about the rubber, like rubber cricket shoes against stops. Yeah. We're talking about in sort of wet conditions, which people probably don't understand Queensland, like cricket pitches themselves are grass, basically firmly rolled grass, but grass nonetheless. And in very humid and sort of wet conditions in Queensland, that grass gets wetter and denser. Yeah. And even stops that are sort of an inch, inch and a half long, aren't long enough. So like the men's bowlers that bowl in Queensland, especially in sort of humid places like South Africa, Yep. And extra long stops, especially mainly in the front of their shoes. So when the front of their foot hits, it just goes in and sticks rather than yeah, slide. Or it's not even a slip, it's like a dragging. It's like if you've got the, the shallower stops, it just sort of drags the, the wet soil underneath. Um, so it's not as if they didn't have stops at all. It's just probably something that they've never encountered before. They've probably never played I mean, I don't know, but they've possibly never played international cricket, let alone a test match in Queensland in September before. It's yeah, probably largely been in time. Perth if they play in September or Adelaide. A bit drier, you'd think. A bit drier, like harder pitches. They don't need the long stop. So it's it's a circumstantial thing. So I can see the defence from the Cricket Australia point of view. But at the same time, they're not horribly expensive. It's not like they're new shoes. They're just longer stops that you screw in. Yeah, the old screw-in studs, the, the ones that got banned from, like, under-10 football. I remember I used yeah, to Yeah, one. and, I mean, they're, they're not a football thing anymore, but I've literally, I have cricket shoes that have screw-in yeah. cricket spikes that I used to wear when I played on turf pitches for school cricket and representative cricket. So, yeah. I mean, it's not an unheard-of thing. It's just the longer ones. And, obviously, they're probably more expensive and you don't use them as much, which is why yeah. I probably didn't have them. Still, yeah, it's unfortunate. On all but, uh, but, I mean... Regardless of what you think of Cricket Australia not providing them, fantastic move from Mitch Stark to go out and buy them for the, the whole oh, team or, or, or the bowlers. We don't actually know what it was, but 
What a good lad. Yeah, 100%. I mean, obviously, clearly the MVP, Hab. <laughs> the best Hab in the game. Well, I still prefer to call him a bar, but... Yeah, it got well, you. He's a boyfriend and husband to me. He's a bar. Are they married? Or just um, I, no, I reckon Alyssa and Mitch are just dating. Mm. Not exactly sure, though. They, they may have got married, but I think they're just dating. There you go. Well, anything else before we wrap it up? Oh, I thought you had something else. Um, oh, actually, I've got one more thing. Um, all right. Ben Simmons related. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers have officially withheld $8.75 million of his salary until he reports for training camp. Um, usually I'm very pro player empowerment, but uh, Ben Simmons is just being an otherworldly cockhead about this. Um, so yeah, fuck it. If you don't turn up for your job, you don't, <laughs> you don't get paid. That's how the rest of us live. So that's been the update on that side. Has there been any update or further movements on the Simmons camp side? So Simmons is, <laughs> it's funny because he was just like, yeah, I'm not turning up. And the 76ers were just like, okay, with withholding pay. And then Simmons, his agent came out and just was like, this is a declaration of war. I'm like, you started it. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's not much from his side. I genuinely think if this goes on for like a lot longer into the season, the NBA will intervene because it's just like not a good look for the league. Um, especially because he's still got four years on his contract or three or four. So like having that kind of uh, agitation with that long of your contract to go, is just like just a bad look. So I think if it doesn't get resolved, um, the higher ups will get involved, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the last thing I had to raise in the last call tonight is possibly something you've addressed before mm. um, because it sounds very much like something you've told me about, but I just want to check whether it is the same thing and if it's not the same thing, be incredulous. Suriname. Suriname, Suriname, South African country. S-U-R-I-N-A-M-E. Not something you've not something you've heard of? Why do I feel like I've I've heard of them? So continue. The Suriname national football side took to the soccer pitch last week. Their captain, the oh, vice yeah. the vice president of the country, <laughs> Ronnie Brunswick. Uh, slightly outvoted by Ronnie Fitzroy. <laughs> the captain of the national football side, despite being vice president of the country, age of 60. Did you hear the rest of the story? He, he was dropped for the next international friendly because he's not allowed to leave the country because he's been convicted of drug offences in other countries. He's also... In that game he played, he got done for match fixing uh, by trying to pay other players to make him look better. How does this compare to the uh, who's the guy you're talking about? The, the president's 
the yeah, president yeah. that like paid his CEO son from like the second uh, division of South Africa. This is way better. I feel like this is so much better to the fact that I saw it on the cheap seats, uh, like um, the Channel Ten show on a Tuesday night. Yeah, and I saw it. I was like, "Is this the guy?" No, it can't be. So I researched. I was like, "It's not the guy." It's got to bring still <laughs> being the VP and. 60 years old and be like, yeah, I'll uh I'll play an international soccer game just because I can't just imagine being the players. It's like when like you're working and then the boss comes in who's only like the money behind it and not the actual skill, and they come in and try to do your job. He's just like, fuck off, what are you doing here? <laughs> my fa- my favorite paragraph of the CNN article is. In a video shared on social media, Brunswick appears to be handing out cash bills to people in the CD Olympia locker room before leaving with a shirt of the Honduran club. Yeah, how good. How good is that? Mate, so, um, oh, I could do, like, we could do a whole podcast on soccer scandals and not even, like, the really serious one, the funny ones. Like, just the absolute match like that's a video right there where you just play fucking the amount of match fixing ones and the guy just the defender tapping it back into his own goal around his own goalkeeper who's actively trying to save it there's so many good ones and on that bombshell tune in next week for the last call soccer scandal special i mean what else have we got to do the triple s jamal will present his favorite 10 soccer stupid scandals I don't and that, that will constitute part one of the podcast next week, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Part two will constitute Tim O'Brien. All the other shit that we speak. Yeah. Uh, we still managed to absolutely do a sports content. In, in, the, in the spirit of fixing something, number one of the list will absolutely be Australia, Italy, Semi-final, 2006. Oh, no, no, it's been the last call. Patch any last words. Freedom! Not in this state. We'll see you next week.